Hi, it's Tom Panos here. I've got with me Chris Hamley. I've really been looking forward to this interview. Chris is the owner of First National Byron Bay, but many of you would know him from having spoken at a conference or visited your office uh, or at a training event. I consider him to be one of the great real estate thought leaders of our time. He's a profit-driven businessman. He talks about the things that matter, the things that count, and we've got about half an hour to get into um, the mind of this great man. Chris, welcome. Tom, thank you for having me. Now, Chris, uh, 34 years you've been in this business. I have, Tom. I think this is my 35th year. I think I've just started my 35th year in real estate. Um, I started out uh, many years ago. I started, went to work when I was 11. I had my first job as a paperboy. Uh, I went to university. Yeah, from a working class background, but I was able to, I'm very lucky to get a university education. Sydney University, I grew up in Sydney, uh, 85, 1985, 1986. I left here, but I did start in the Shire. I grew up in the Shire, I'm a Shire boy. Went to the inner city, in Paddington, Darlinghurst, that area, worked there for a few years. Saw a lot of apartments in and around Elizabeth Bay and Tox Point and, and that region. And then I went to, uh, 1985, early 1986, I moved up to the north coast, and I've been in Byron Bay in that area ever since. Okay, um, what did you study at uni? Um, I did a degree um, with uh, a whole pile of stuff in it about uh, uh, history uh, and uh, political science, believe it or not. And then I went and did an education um, degree there as well. And uh, I've always taught. Um, I've taught in the TAFE system, College of Advanced Education. Um, uh, I've always done some teaching, but it's never been my main source of income. I've always taught at different levels because I enjoy teaching, but, right. um, but I've been in business in virtually my whole life since I left university. So, uh, Chris, you've gone to, so you've, you've, you, you've lifted and sold real estate in the Shire and in the inner city of Sydney, eastern suburbs, Paddo, Darlinghurst, which by the way, we're about uh, 60 seconds away where we're filming here right now, not far from Oxford Street. Um, let me ask you, you've gone to Byron Bay wife because you're a, you were a surfer. Mm -hmm. I was a surfer, but I probably ended up there more, more on mistake than intention. I didn't go up there with any esoteric focus on dropping out or any of that stuff. I just went there and I stayed. It's a pretty easy place to stay. And I was there at the right time. Uh, it's been a really good real estate market, a very strong real estate market. It's an eclectic area. Um, I've done a lot of other things there as well. I run a not-for-profit organisation in that area. Which I started 17 or 18 years. So there's been a lot of reasons to keep me in that part of the world, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Okay, you worked as a salesman in Byron Bay before you opened the office. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I am a salesman. I, I, I was. Uh, you know, your introduction was correct, but ostensibly I'm still a salesman. You never stop being a salesman just because you you own a business. Um, and until a few years ago, I was listing and selling like all the utmost other principles are out there. I don't list and sell so much now, though. Though I still contribute to my business by bringing in stock and I, and I sometimes list property. But uh, yeah, I'm a salesman. You, you, you're always a salesman, I guess. The same as I'm sure you think of yourself in yeah. many respects. So, yeah, uh, but, but today I run the business as the principal of the business and my job description is different to what it was say four or five years ago. Uh, do you work hard now? Yeah, um, yeah I do. I, I still work hard. I, I probably work as hard as I've ever worked, um, but I, I probably get to do more things I enjoy in a day now. That's right. probably the difference between now and, uh, and many years ago. I think when you start your career there's a whole pile of things you've got to do um, that maybe you don't like. And I think the big 
turn off for a lot of young salespeople is that they can't get through those years because I'm at the end of them after 34 years and I'll tell you what happens is that there's a reversal. So when you start out, about 80% of what you do is maybe not so cool and you don't like it and it's repetitive and boring and you keep saying to yourself, I'm smarter than this, why am I doing these things? The answer is so you can build a proper business. You know, you, you, Nothing good happens quickly, only bad things happen quickly. So in, in, in being a salesman and building a career, in a proper business, you've got to do the, the hard work. And yes, I still work hard today. Okay, what's your business uh, look like? It's uh, First National Byron Bay, it's got um, how many salespeople? Get there, it'll be at the seven-ish at the moment. Um, the, the nine, we're just uh, putting, uh, going through a process of recruiting some extra people at the moment, but it always hovers around seven or eight or nine people in the sales team, the actual people doing the selling. Um, we're the top offers. Um, in, in New South Wales, uh, we have been for a number of years. The first national group. Yeah, but we're also the top residential office in the whole country. Right. The first national, there's 450 offices. And that's an accolade or an award that we're very proud of, particularly as our market has been so difficult for the last five years. In the last couple of years, uh, we've made more, uh, we've won that award a, a couple of times in our group. Why is your office that good in light of the fact that you work in an area um, that relies on discretionary income? A lot of the, the coastal areas have suffered um, in the last few years. Why is your office so good? What are the components that make a good real estate office? It's the culture of the business, it's the leadership team, it's the systems you've got in place. But at the end of all of those things, it's the people, it's the people. We're not in the house business, we've never been, I've never been in the house business, I'm just in the people business. And uh, we've got great people. Um, over the years we've managed to replace sometimes good people leaders and we've managed to replace them with more good people. We train them better than other companies do. They stay longer. Um, our culture is much better. Um, I think also our, in our business we understand the term emotional labour better than a lot of other real estate businesses do. What's that mean? Emotional labour is what most real estate agents don't understand. Um, emotional labour is, it's not about working more hours, it's not about, there's 168 hours in the week, it's, it's about digging deeper in each hour you're there. It's about making sure that when you have real hard conversations with nice people, which is in effect what we do every day, that, that you don't leave until you actually get a result, or until you convince someone truthfully that they need to change their headspace or their thinking in order to sell their home. So most agents, I believe, go to training courses and learn dialogue, but our industry is not about dialogue. Our industry is about trust. Our industry is about being authentic with people, and it's about emotional labour. If you've got 168 hours a, a week, my, my feeling is that most agents only do a couple of hours of emotional labour a week. They get tired, or they give it away, or it's too hard, or they just disappear. I think my staff are really good at understanding that, so they know that they have to dig deep. They have to have those conversations regularly, and they're usually with just with with a seller over the buyer, but the more emotional labour you give out each week, the better your results are. Okay. Um, I want to ask you, you talk about people as being the uh, key to a successful office, having good people. What makes a good person? What makes a great salesperson, Chris? Um, there's a, there's a, a pile of things. I'll take a little bit of time here because I want to make sure I get all of the, the things in here. I gave this some thought this morning because you gave me this question. Um, you've got to like people. 
and, and, and I read an article over the weekend uh, traveling to Barrel, uh, an interview with Bill Bridges, and he said, not only have you got to like them, you've got to not be afraid of them. I think there's a lot of people in real estate who are actually afraid of people. So that's, you've got to like people and not be afraid of them. You, you, you've got to be energetic, uh, the second thing. And I mean all the time. And it doesn't mean you can't have down days or get flat, we all do, but you've got to be energetic and then usually connect that with passion. So that's the second thing. The third thing is you've got to understand that, that you're not going to get anywhere on your own. You can't get rich on your own. And you, you've got to ultimately to go through all the levels you go as a salesman. Uh, you've got to build teams and you've got to have good systems. You're just not going to get there on your own. I think the fourth thing is you've got to work out whether you're going to have an energy-driven business like a lot of people have got, or we're going to have processes and systems. I think that's also important. I think what else and what is very important to be successful is also your motor, your ticker. Um, it's not the size of your motor, Tom. I think a lot of people think it's got to be a V8 or a great big engine. It doesn't. A little two-stroke's fine. You go all over Asia and there's always little two-strokes running all around the place. The whole country runs on the two-strokes. It's, it's the reliability of the engines. Your engine, so, uh, your engine can't give up. Your, your motor has to keep going all the time. I think also when you read all the books about success or people who overcome really difficult things in their life, buried in all those books, page 60 or 160 or 260 is a single sentence. And that sentence is at the end of the day, it's all, always one foot in front of the other. That, that's, that's it. In every book you read, that's what it is. And that's what it is in real estate. It's the same as it is, I'm sure, in, in other businesses. So you can't give up. You've got to be persistent and keep at it. Um, I think another couple of qualities, you, you've got to be happy, you've got to smile, you've got to realise it's no one's fault. Um, you know, I, I know you've had Andrew Bell on, and I saw him give a talk years ago, a great talk, where he basically said, in business and in life, the moment you say, uh, it's a, 100%, if it's, up, if it's going to be, it's up to me, your whole life changes. And I think for salespeople, it's never the market's fault, it's never your boss's fault. You know, what makes a great salesperson is someone who just says, if it's going to be, it's up to me. They're all the qualities that I think make a great salesperson. Beautiful. Um, you talk about culture, and I've heard you speak um, about culture at conferences that I've been at. Um, define your office culture, define what culture means to you and define what a good culture is and what a bad culture is? There's very few things in real estate that are actually points of difference, or pods as I call them. Um, unique selling propositions, I've seen, heard you talk. Culture is one of the only ones. It's also one of the only things that can't be copied. Um, it's impossible to, to it's like a DNA, your DNA. It's also like an autopilot. And what a lot of us in real estate don't get about culture is it takes some time. No, most people in real estate, salespeople and bosses, do not have any patience. So they won't build anything that takes any time because they're into immediate gratification. That's their personalities. That's what they're listing and selling and often don't build businesses. But culture in business takes time. It takes a couple of years. It's one bit at a time. And the autopilot bit is, is as the boss of a, of a real estate business, you program the autopilot. And once you build the autopilot, which is the culture, the culture is all those things that, that happen around the business. The way we do things around here is that, that is what culture actually is. But what culture allows you as a boss to do is sleep better because you know that generally that your staff are doing the right thing most of the time because there's an agreed way of doing things. Now, whether that's the way you interact with a tenant, whether how you do a listing presentation, how you do with each other within the office, 
In our business, our culture is our greatest distinguishing advantage over all of the other companies in our area. It is unbelievably powerful. It, it, culture is a, a magnifier, a multiplier, a multiplier. But what it actually does is make allow small groups of people. If you look at the number of sales staff I've been in my business for 15 years, it, it, it's impossible to have the market share that we have. It's impossible. Everyone will tell you there's no way basically half a dozen people can sell 40% of the houses. There's another 40 agents. Right? In, in a nutshell, it's because we have a safe culture, it's inclusive, um, it's, it's positive, um, it is open, um, it is really competitive. There's some of the words that I've used to describe it. But you, here, there's another way of describing culture. If you've got the best brand, the best ads, the best systems, the best everything, and you haven't got a good culture, you can never build a sustainable, good, long-term business. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Do I take the assumption that the culture is actually built by the principal and they are uh, totally responsible for what that culture is? That's a really good question. Um, the principal of any real estate business is the architect and the maintenance man of culture. So yeah, you get to design it, but you've got to put on your overalls and wind up your sleeves and do stuff. Uh, Jim Collins, I think, the soft, said the soft stuff is the hard stuff. A lot of real estate principals don't want to do that. They're happy to design it and write out business statements and all these values and put them on a piece of paper, but it won't work unless you hold people accountable, unless you regularly give things a fine tune and have culture meetings and get all your staff together. You also must have one culture in a business, not two or three or four. A lot of real estate businesses I've visited or people I've talked to over the years, they've got a sales culture, a property management culture, and even within the sales team they'll have, you know, two or three different levels. But yeah, you've got to design it, uh, you've got to look after it, you've got to care for it, and there's another important word here, you've got to protect it, because at the end of the day what will happen with culture is it can get infected. So. Sometimes you get new people in and those people don't fit in with the values and as a boss you get slack or you're not looking you know, at the right things and sometimes that infection can lead to problems. I guess also sometimes you've got to remove people and that's the only way you can protect it. I want to talk a little bit about uh, your database. You're um, definitely known as having put a lot of time and energy, one of the fast movers in the business to getting the database happening, you've got uh, thousands on your database. Um, tell me, uh, what does the database for Byron Bay First National look like? There's over 5,000 clean owners of property in our database, which is a very large proportion of the owners in our area. It's very clean, uh, the right owner's details are in there, and, and their, both their contact details and their names. Emails? Yeah, 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 often for both parties. Um, people change, our data tells us 5 to 6% of people now change their email every year, whereas they keep their phone numbers, which is quite interesting. You've got to comb a database uh, regularly, a couple of times a year, talk to the people. We've got a system in our business where I send out a few times a year on my, on my behalf, not the staff, I send out emails to everyone on the database, the buyers and the sellers, over 7,000. And we, when, they, when they come back, if there's a couple of hundred in there where the email addresses have, changes, have changed, we get them, put them in a folder, and it's one of the guys in the office job. He rings all those people up um, and then checks and gets the new email addresses. So we're constantly combing and updating our database. Um, databases, this is a conversation, Tom, that I've had so many times, and I must admit I mustn't be very good at it because 
I cannot tell you the number of times I, I've talked to groups about uh, building a database. And generally speaking, people don't go and do it. So my message mustn't be very clear or it's too hard. I think it's a combination of both. The overwhelming majority of real estate agents don't have a database and they're never going to build one. Right. Because it's long term and it's not sexy and they don't want to do it. Um, I've seen James Tostum and Matt Steinway and all those guys interviewed and you did an interview, I think, with James yeah. and Matt that I read a little while ago where basically said, basically the same as I just said, nobody yeah. does it. I don't get why they don't do it because it's free money. You know, you get higher fees from people off your database, about 20% higher. So if you go into a listing presentation, as we do every day, like everybody else, every single day, and they're on your database and you've been giving them good free stuff over time, information, market reports, newsletter, you get higher fees. Like to me, it's a no-brainer. Now, it's also a point of difference because most people don't prospect and don't have databases. Most salesmen don't. They pretend to. And you go to a lot of offices where there's 10 salesmen, Two have got a database and the other eight haven't. That's, that doesn't work either. The whole company's got to have a database. And the only way you build one is through something called a partnership between the owners of the business and the salespeople. And you get targets and you, and, and you build it. But what's even more important is having the database is like the software. It's a waste of time having a database unless you prospect. And the prospecting comes first. So my view here is that the reason most people don't have databases is they don't prospect in the first place. Prospecting is also not a technology issue. Prospecting is a courage issue. And we've come to believe that you can make all these acquaintances and go and meet all these people using machines as a way of connecting, and you don't. There's only one way to prospect properly at the start, and that's to have a face-to-face -face conversation with someone to form a connection. You can then send them lots of emails, but you've got to make some human connection to them. Uh, I also believe that most businesses in Australia train their sales staff the wrong way. Uh, in our business, when you get a job, you actually don't get a desk, a sales desk, until you're taught to prospect. So you do that first. And then you get really good at it, and then you don't have an issue with it, and then you do it your whole career. The best metaphor I can always give for, for prospecting, for me, if prospecting is like defence in sport, and selling is like offense. Now, I don't care how many goals or tries you score in sport, unless you're good at the, the defense bit, you're, yeah. never, you're not gonna win. Yeah. Now, in our industry, it's crazy. We've got all these people who are fantastic at selling, but no good, and have no systems for bringing in stock. Yeah. So they have a good month when they've got all these listings, and then two months later, they've got no stock. So it's like this. Unless you prospect and build a database, you can't have a complete and functioning business. Okay, so uh, people watching this part, I've got to tell you, that to me is a major takeaway point. You prospect to get contacts that one day will become listings because you've nurtured a relationship, whereas most people, Chris, what you're saying is they don't want to prospect because they're not going to get an instant gratification there and then to get a result. Correct. Um, so it never happens, so there's no point having the database anyway because you're not putting anyone in there. Correct, and they pretend to, to do it or not, but... I don't understand. Like I, I honestly don't know after all these years of talking about it, I, I don't understand. If all the great agents have got a database, I just would have thought that's the strongest signal you can ever see. And, and, and the struggling agents don't have one. And it's not that hard to put a database. You know how you build one? One street at a time. That's how you do it. Is there a special software that you use? Uh... Look, Don, we use Complete Data. We've been with them for a long time. They're fantastic. And they understand a concept that some of the others don't, called service area. Right. 
Yeah. But it doesn't, my understanding, I, I know guys that used, used um, Outlook. Yeah. Like we used to use cards, little white cards. I'm good with cards. You know, I like writing on stuff. You know, I remember years ago, my very good partner who was in business with, we had a card system in the little boxes, right? And, and this is why technology gets in the way. Everyone thinks, oh, I'll get a database as soon as I, when, when I go and get the, the new technology. But my partner used to zealously write notes. And, and she pulled a card out of her box one day. And she'd been dealing with this guy for 11 years, right? Putting houses to him, putting apartments to him. We listed a property in our, in, in our office. She rang a guy up. His name's Peter. He's a really good guy. He bought that unit 11 years on a card system, right? It doesn't matter whether you're using technology or digital stuff or a card. It works the same. He still lives in that unit up around the corner from me. Same guy. Right. It, it's, we, we let all these excuses and things get in the way. Here's how it works. Most people can only remember six to seven chunks of information at any one time. Yeah. Right? It doesn't matter how smart you are. That's how it works. So you've got to have a database for another reason, to give you a memory. Yeah. Because when you go look at a new listing, I know we all think we're fantastic and we don't need to use all this. But let's not forget, databases started as biomatching things. Right. right. So they've got all these functions that don't even get used. We got audited a few years ago, uh, our database. Uh, the, 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 the company uh, um, came up and had a real good look at, at how we use our database. We use it to a depth that most other companies don't. Everyone who works in our office understands the CRM, the database, and the software and how it works right down to a deep level. If you go into our office at any one time, all the screens are open all the time and the staff are on the phone talking to people. That's what, that's what the database is for. Okay. Um, next question is, you define that unless you've got a, a six-pack, you'll never build a long, sustainable business model. Mm -hmm. uh, what's that mean to our viewers? It means that, that most businesses, real estate sales and businesses, have no structural scaffolding. There's nothing to hold it up, like, 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 even like tent poles. Um, it, people come to work every day and they scribble things in their diary, but there's no structure. I'll give you a different way to look at it. In, in my opinion, in order to have proper structure as a salesman, you've got to have a six-pack, just like someone who's really fit does. One side of the six-pack is a database and prospecting system, which we've just spoken of. The other side is a price adjustment system. You've got these two things in your business, they give it the structure, they hold it up. So one allows you to bring the stock in, you go find it and bring it in the back door. The price adjustment system allows you to sell it and it goes out the front door. Right. Without it, you get a log jam in the middle and you don't have a business. Right. The price adjustment system um, is, uh, is, is something in the last five years in the market is challenging and we've had that we've had to get really good at. With my partners and with my very talented um, sales manager, who's my partner, James Young, we've developed a fantastic price adjustment system that works, which gives people simple reports and allows us to get property, to list it, to use the auction method or private treaty, and to move that property without being on the market for too long through our business and, and, out, and sold and, and off. Chris, I can't help it. Um, it sounds very simple. What you're saying is prospect, find somewhere to put these people, communicate with them, keep prospecting, keep building that database, keep talking to them, they then are ready one day to come on the market. They might list with you because you've had a relationship and that you know you mentioned all those great qualities about being a good salesperson, smiling, energy, likability. Mm -hmm. And then you say you have another system 
which just adjusts the prices in the process and gets vendors to accept the reality of the marketplace, yeah. and that's real estate. It is, and I'll give you four words, P-L-A-N, plan. Just use that as prospect, lease, adjust, negotiate. That's, that's our business in four simple words, plan, P-L-A-N. Um, I hear all, all these words like conditioning and people use these terms um, in our industry. Um, the moment you move into that headspace and use that word, you don't understand our industry. Our industry really is about education. This is the smartest buying and selling public that have ever existed and getting smarter by the day. They don't actually need us anymore yeah. for many transactions. Um, what's coming to all of us, and we, if we don't get this, what's coming to all of us in the future, there'll be a, an app very soon called Which Agent. Someone will bring it up, invent it, and it'll be in every suburb, just like TripAdvisor. But this, this is coming, it's here tomorrow. So unless we move across from, from dealing with buyers, sellers in particular, in, in the old-fashioned way, where we don't tell them what's going on and don't educate them, unless we move across to, to a system where we're constantly giving them information to educate them, unless we do that, they're going to go away from us and go and use other methods of sale. But yes, it is simple. All, all great systems in any industry, in any business, are simple. And real estate's the simple, most simple business. You find a willing buyer and match them up with a willing seller. There's nothing complicated about what we do. I've got a view, rightly or wrongly though, that the large number of people in our industry don't actually know what they're supposed to do every day and they suffer from a thing I call the itch, where they wander around a lot of the time every day with an itch. They want to, I don't mean they've got any great disease or anything, but I mean the itch says to them, I know this isn't right, I know this isn't working the way it should be, I know there's another or a better way, but they don't know what it is. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty simple what we're going to do. Okay. Chris Hanley, what would Chris Hanley say to Chris Hanley 34 years ago about real estate? What would you say to yourself knowing what you know today starting out? Yeah, that's a good question too. Um, I'd certainly say start out in the industry. Uh, I've enjoyed every year of my 34. In the early years, um, in the early years I made all the mistakes and did all the silly and stupid things everybody else did uh, to, to, uh, and so on. But, but I'd say it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, I, I'd say to people that, that um, in your early years, uh, go and get yourself embedded in a community um, and, and think along the lines of, I'm here for the long haul. Um, I certainly would suggest to people that you need to practice a lot. Um, I, I, I'd be, like everyone who's really good at anything, whether they're a violin player or a sportsman, they practice a lot. In our industry, we've got an aversion to practice because it's not cool. I don't know why. Um, I'd suggest to people that the best way to get good quickly also, or suggest to myself if I'm talking to myself, is to invest in a lot of training and a lot of reading and, and role play. Um, I'd, I'd suggest to them that curiosity is the greatest gift that you can have of all of the gifts. You know, asking anyone and everyone from different industries why, 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 just like a little kid does. I guess I'd suggest to them to get fit I think that, that longevity and, and, and healthy head, healthy mind is really important in, in our industry. Um, I'd certainly tell them to get into relaxation or go and find some, some stuff to, so they can turn off, whether it's a movie or to meditate or go surfing or whatever it is. And I guess 
probably the thing most of all, I'd, 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 I'd encourage them to become really good at conversations because for 34 years that's all I've been doing, talking to people and getting paid for it. And that's a pretty good way to make a living. Yeah, well, I'm going to say, the, uh, when you're good at your job and you like it and you're adding value, you should get paid. Um, real estate is very fair. Uh, the uh, accounting equation is very, very fair. You get back what you put in. Yep. Uh, Chris is uh, one of the few people in the business that actually runs a business and actually does go off and speak at conferences and to business owners. Um, and uh, I've heard him speak. The reason I've put him on here is I actually felt that your time watching this would be time worthwhile. I value your time, 25 minutes, half an hour. I wanted to win your headspace and I knew that this man could add a lot of value. Um, I think if you want to get in contact, uh, with Chris, probably the best way is uh, Google Byron Bay First National, and you come up, or is that the way? That's I guess so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Chris, uh, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Cheers.